We're going to pray for our missions partners around the world, and we're also going to pray for Pastor Jay and Celeste. Uh, they started off in Barcelona, then they went to France. Uh, Pastor Jay is having an opportunity to minister again um, at the bridge there in, in Paris. Um, they're away do it. They were able to take their kids, and uh, they're away just uh, checking out some places that we may end up going on missions trips to. So, again, pray that as they're there, not only would they have a time of uh, relaxation, uh, but also that they would they would be able to set up and, and get those things prepared for us to be able to go and minister around the world. So let's pray for our partners. Father God, I thank you so much for the, the blessing and opportunity to partner with my brothers and sisters here to pray for missionaries around the world. God, I thank you that you called them and that they said yes so that others could hear. Lord, I pray favor for them. God, we pray that you would give them favor with in the marketplace, with governments, Lord, that you would open places that have been closed to the gospel previously. God, but that you would give them favor in all aspects of life, that you would give them rest, that you would give them strength and stamina to continue to spread your word. Lord, we also pray for Pastor Jay and Celeste. We thank you for this opportunity for them and pray that they would make it back safely. All of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, before I get started, I just want to let you know that Tuesday, in case uh, you aren't aware, Tuesday is the deadline to register to vote. Uh, we don't talk a lot about politics here from this pulpit, but I do want uh, just to say that, you know, it's our civic duty, it's our responsibility to contribute to, um, to this process that we, uh, in our republic, um, we are so thankful that we have a voice. And so I would just encourage you, register and make your voice heard. Um, we also have some voter guides out there in the lobby if you need uh, on the table. Uh, but this week... I, am, I get to start off our new series, Salt and Light. I'm very excited. Um, Pastor Jay had told me that I was going to preach, um, and I wasn't exactly sure which part I was going to. And so two weeks ago, God, or three weeks ago now, the Lord started to talk to me about salt. And uh, when Pastor Jay said, you know, I think I'm going to have you preach on salt, I almost jumped out of my chair. I was like, good, I got something to say about that. And... Um, I just wanted to share something about, you know, what Brendan said is we are people. And I just want to encourage you and, and let you know that, you know, just because I'm a pastor does not mean the enemy doesn't come after me. Um, I've been preparing this message, like I said, and um, I went to bed last night feeling really good about it and just so excited to preach. And then this morning I woke up and the enemy was very faithful to say, you have nothing to say. What you have to say is not going to make a darn bit of difference in people's lives. And so I have to take every thought captive, and I have to say, no, no, God gave me this. It's his words, not mine, and it'll touch somebody. And so I just want you to know that if you're experiencing pushback in an area that God has called you to do, good job. <laughs> because that means you're going in the right direction. So don't be afraid of opposition. Run headlong into it, especially if you know God is calling you to it. Well, we're so glad that you joined us here at Cornerstone today. Um, again, my name's Pastor Angus. If we haven't met, I would love to meet you. Uh, if we haven't met, it's probably because uh, I'm running back and forth between the buildings on Sunday, uh, just kind of helping to get everything going with our, our kids' church. Uh, but we use this picture here a lot at Cornerstone of Jesus walking with his disciples. Um, this picture represents to us that none of us are finished. 
We are all in process. None of us are complete. We're still walking this journey with Jesus. And in fact, I mentioned this last time I was up here. Uh, I'm actually in this picture, um, but because I'm so short, you can't see me. But if you look down at the feet, I'm back there in that, in that back left-hand corner, um, standing right next to Zacchaeus. Um, so, so anyway, I just want you to know that I, I try to walk with Jesus every day, too. But here, our goal is to um, be more like Jesus. As, uh, as followers of Christ, we want to be just like him. And we do that by loving God, making disciples, and reaching the world. And the way we do that is through our life groups. So our life groups, we have connect groups. Those are interest-based groups. So if you've got an interest, we have a group. Uh, and if we don't have a group and you've got an interest, you can be a leader. And so we encourage you to bring those ideas to us. And um, because just because we don't have it doesn't mean somebody's not interested and ready to join your group. But we don't want church to just be a social club. We want to we have more than just uh, uh, a weekly gathering. We want more than just hanging out. And so that's why we have our grow groups. Our grow groups are an opportunity to get together and study God's word, to study various curriculums, and, um, and grow together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And serve, our serve groups. These are the ones that are closest to my heart. Not only because in church we always need more people to serve, but because... It was as a result of stepping into roles of service that I began to experience real growth in my Christian life and in my walk. Um, I, I found myself in a place where um, at first I was coming and I was just getting filled, and that's great. And for some people, there's a season of just being filled. But we also have to remember that we're supposed to be poured out. We're filled so we can be poured out. And I was, uh, a few years ago, I was up at the campground that we take our kids to every year for a pastor, for the youth pastor's retreat. And I was standing there and I was just worshiping and saying, Lord, why have you not given me anything new? Why, Lord, I feel so dry. I, I want a new revelation. And he said, what'd you do with my last one? And so I, I put my hands down, and I, I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he said, what did you do with the last thing I gave you? I said, I still have it. He goes, I know. That's the problem. I gave that to you so that you could give it to other people. He said, so go pour that out and then come back to me, and I'll give you something new. So I did. I came back, and, and I preached, and I, I, I repented to the, the youth. I said, man, I've been hanging on to this, and I should have given it to you a while ago, and I'm sorry. Uh, and so I did. But see, what the Lord showed me is he's not going to pour into an already full cup. You don't go fill a full cup. You empty it out, and then you go refill it. And as vessels for Christ, that's what we're supposed to do, too. We get filled up so we can go pour that out into the people in our lives, so we can pour that out into the, the kids of our church and, and other ways of serving here. In fact, we need a lot of help in our nursery right now. And so if you haven't hugged a baby in a while and you need some babies to hug, come talk to me. But see, I realized that serving was, in, in me being poured out and being refilled, at some point, you, you aren't satisfied being an eight-ounce cup. You're not satisfied with just eight ounces of the Lord. And so God has to make you into this larger vessel so he can pour more out into you. And so that's why I say that as a result of my serving, 
He took me so much further on my Christian walk to the point where I'm standing in front of you now today. So I just encourage you, check out our groups online and, uh, and be blessed by the things that, uh, and the people that we get to meet as a result of those. Salt and light. I'm excited about uh, preaching on salt and light just because, um, like I said, the Lord gave me some, um, some interesting uh, perspectives on this. But how many of you, I've got a question for you, how many of you love salt? How many of you salt your food before you even taste it? I still love you. Uh, the reason I say that is because I, well, I'll get into that. Um, my father-in-law, Bob, he's right there so I can talk about him, and I already asked permission, but um, Bob puts a lot of salt on his food. And uh, one time I'd asked him why, and one of the reasons was is because when they would go out to eat as kids, uh, he would order his burger and french fries, and his mom would get liver and onions. And she would tear through her liver and onions so that she could make her way to Bob's fries. And so he developed a defense mechanism of oversalting his fries so that she'd stay away from them. And from there, it just became kind of a habit. And now he, he salts his food. And, um, and for me, it's too much. But for him, it works. Um, let's turn to the scripture. Uh, our scripture today is found in Matthew 5, 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste... How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and, gives, and it gives light to all in the house. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, I thank you so much for this word. I thank you, God, that you've given us these scriptures to live our lives by. Lord, I pray that you would take these notes and breathe life on them. Lord, that you would open hearts and minds and ears that everybody would receive what it is that you have for them. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Salt. We're talking about salt today. These are all the different kinds of salt that I have in my house. I don't know if, if you guys use a bunch of salt. Some people are just strict table salt, iodized salt, nothing else. But see, as somebody who loves to cook, I have a bunch of different salts, and they all serve a different purpose. Now, salt is mentioned in the Bible and throughout the Bible, and just like um, Holy Spirit is re represented by oil, Salt also represents a few things. It represents permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. So when we read things in the Bible, sometimes we can take it on surface value, but other times we have to read in a little more deeply to be able to get what it is that God's trying to say to us. And so... Um, so my question for you today is, are you salty? Are you salty? Now, if you don't know exactly what I mean by are you salty, we'll get into that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the history of salt. 
See, one of the things I love about being a pastor is it gives me opportunity to research uh, because I have to go in and delve into things. And I had a student this morning goes, Pastor Angus, why do you research everything so much? And I said, well, so I can be smarter than you. <laughs> um, but the reality is I just love knowledge. I love to be able to have new bits of information and, and all of that. And so as I was reading about the history of salt, I know it's important, but I had no idea what salt has done to form the face of our civilization. Our maps today are a result of the salt trade. You see, if you take a look at these maps, back uh, early in early civilizations, not only did people settle near places of water, but they also settled near places that had salt. Because salt played such a vital role in the ancient world. Because before modern refrigeration, they, that's how they used to preserve things. In fact, you, know, you can see all over the world where uh, the places were that were set up because of salt. Uh, for instance, in England, the, the towns that end in which were all salt towns. Salzburg means salt castle. So Salzburg in Germany. So when it has Saul or witch or in different countries have different things, then you know that there was a tie to salt. That's how important it was, is that they named their places after salt. But again, they preserved food. That's how they kept things from, from going bad. And not only preserving food, but they also preserved the dead. They, you know, they mummified people using salt. Um, these, these couple of artifacts here were found in a 3,000-year-old mine. I, got, I watched a documentary on salt and, and the mines and stuff, and it was amazing to see that these items were preserved just like this for 3,000 years because the salt takes away the moisture from the air and it kills bacteria, so it, it arrests that decay process. So even though we don't depend on salt in the same way we used to, we definitely still depend on it. And to this day, there are still cultures that would not exist unless it was for the salt trade. Our language has been affected by the salt trade. Salary is a word that comes from salarium, which meant money given to a Roman soldier to buy salt, or it was called salt money. So to be worth one's salt is a phrase that was used not only in the payment of soldiers, but also in the valuation of slaves in Greek and Roman culture. In fact, it was so commonly used that most people would use, on average, 100 pounds of salt per person. I thought that was incredible. Because, you know, some of these things of salt I've had for years. Um, but to go through, and I've never gone through 100 pounds of salt in a year. So that was something that really stuck out to me. Salt is also vital in the human body. It's, and I'm kind of a biology nerd. I love biology. I love how the human body works. Uh, so I won't bore you with a whole lot of stuff. But here's some interesting things about salt in your body. Salt is vital for muscle function and nerve function. It affects, both your, it affects your heart both positively and negatively, depending on whether you have too much or too little. Um, in fact... Salt is such a major component that that's what your thoughts travel on in your brain. Your thoughts travel along electrolyte pathways. So without salt, you can't think. 
lack of salt or wrong types of salt or amounts can lead to fatigue, headaches, muscle twitches, weakness, irritability, and mental fog. So in researching all this, I thought, maybe we should all just have a tablespoon of salt before we come to church every morning. That, that might help us to like get, get awake and maybe brush off some of that mental fog. And maybe you, not you, but the person that you're living with, maybe they're a little bit irritable. Uh, you could slip them a little salt in their coffee, which actually I found out is a thing. Uh, some people actually put salt in their coffee because salt has an effect on bitterness. And so, um, so if you put just a little bit of salt, it will take away some of the bitterness in a coffee. So, salt versus salt. What's the difference between all of these things? Because there is a difference, and, and it's important that we know what those differences are. You see, there's, there's iodized salt. This is what you guys would typically find at a restaurant. It's, uh, it's refined, it's highly processed, uh, and they add iodine in it so that we can have uh, that as part of a supplement in, in, our, uh, in our food. Then you've got different kinds of sea salt. Uh, this is my favorite, the Himalayan pink salt. I use this on just about everything. And then I've got some flavored salts over here. There's a, uh, this one is a truffle salt, and there's an ancho chili salt, and this one. I love this one for my chili. It's uh, ghost pepper, uh, smoked ghost pepper, and uh, Hawaiian or Himalayan salt. See, and these are all used for different things in different circumstances and for different reasons. I read an article a few years ago that changed the way I cook and the way I, I um, interact with salt. I read it and I found out that you don't want clean salt. You don't want your salt to be pure white because what's in the salt that makes it dirty or gives it the color are minerals and other things that your body craves. So if you crave uh, salty snacks all the time, it's probably because you have a lack of salt. You see, because they put iodized salt in it and your body knows that it needs the minerals in it. And so when you're craving a salty snack, that's why you go to it. So if you just have a little bit more of this other salt, that could help you with your salty snacks. But see, the minerals, the deposits, that, uh, that stuff that's in this Himalayan salt and other salts like it is what makes it so good for so many different things. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So if God calls us salt, we're supposed to be salty in, in where he's called us to. And if we're not doing that, we're useless. We're not good for anything and we get thrown out. Man, this really hit me. That You've got a choice. You can be effective or not. But if you're not effective, you can be replaced. You see, because in, in my cooking, if, if I need salt and I run out of one particular kind, I'm going to go find some more salt that'll work. And so that's for us to know that God has a purpose for us. He's got something that he wants us to do, so we better do it. So again, my question is, are you salty? Now, are you just salty? Or are you being salt to somebody? 
Are you serving in the role that God has called you to? Are you fulfilling what it is that God's called you to, to the people he's called you to? Because if we're not, he'll have to find somebody who does. So what type of salt are you? Are you iodized salt? Now, I, I can, it's gotten so much that I can taste when somebody uses iodized salt versus Himalayan or, or other kinds of salt. And while I don't care for this stuff anymore, it's very good. Like if you get a canker sore, if you get a sore in your mouth, this stuff is amazing. You put that on the sore, and although it stings, it can bring healing because it, it helps to dry the area, it kills the bacteria, and, um, and it brings healing. Maybe you're just flavored salt. Maybe you're a little spicy. Maybe you are in your situation. Maybe you are where you are because God needs your flavor added to a situation. You see, the events that we put on here at Cornerstone, it's, it's not one person putting it on. Everything that we do is a collaboration. And so if, if I wasn't here as part of the team, or if Pastor Jay wasn't here as part of the team, or Rosie, our events all begin to look different. And so what is it that you add where you're at? If you don't know, ask the Lord, because he'll tell you. Maybe... You are salt in a situation for preservation. You might be the only Christian in your house. You may be the only one who follows Christ, and God has put you there so that you can preserve the rest of your family, that you can bring them into relationship with him so that they can have eternal life. Because we know that without accepting Christ as our Savior, we perish. And so... Maybe you are that preservative that God has added to your family. As tough as it might be, you're there for a reason. Maybe he's there, maybe you're there to add value. Bamboo salt. This is what uh, Brendan was talking about. I found out about this kind of salt that it, um, for an eight-ounce thing of this salt, bamboo salt, it's $100 on Amazon. I checked it out because I wanted to see, and I can't afford it. But... This salt, the reason it's so expensive is because it, it goes through this process that takes 40 to 50 days. And so what they do is they pack sea salt into bamboo of equally cut lengths of bamboo. They pack it in there, and then they put the bamboo into a kiln, and they bake it. And after they bake it, the bamboo is completely burnt away. They let it cool, and then they by hand break it up again. And once it's ground back down by hand, they stuff it again into a bamboo piece, and they fire it. And they'll do this nine or ten times. And by the time it's done, it's no longer white salt. It's got this deep purple color to it. And as a result of the process that it's gone through, it also has absorbed all of the, the oils and, and different things from the, uh, from the bamboo, but it's also baked out impurities. And so maybe God is using you to bring value to something. Which is pretty cool, right? That he would use you like bamboo salt. The problem is, in order to get bamboo salt, you got to go through a process that is not fun. Imagine you being that salt. you got to get stuffed into a thing of bamboo and then burnt. 
nine or ten times. But the result is amazing. And so I see, you know, I see God up there kind of like this. This is my other salt. Um, kind of like Salt Bay. You guys know that? Salt Bay is this guy. He makes some amazing, uh, some amazing steaks. And then when he brings it to the table, he gets some salt. And he just does this right over your, your steak. And just so you know, I already talked to Angie, and she knows that I was making a mess on the stage today. So uh, don't worry about that. But I see, I see God up there going, here's a situation that I need my kids in. So maybe he's taking you to your family and going, here you go. Maybe it's your workplace that needs a little bit of salt. You see, God knows why he puts you where he puts you. Because he knows what's in you. Because he's been putting it there. So my question is, what has God deposited in you? You see, we want our church to not look like this. Because this does no good. And I, I actually... I didn't mention this in the first service, but as I was standing there during worship, I thought, how useless is salt when it's in the container? And so if we've got a church that only comes to church and sits in the container and then does nothing else, we become useless. And so where are you? Are you just sitting in the container? Or are you going out to season things, to make things different, to add some flavor, to spice things up. You see, all of those deposits that are in there came from somewhere. It's got extra nutrients. It's got extra value because of, because of the fact that it's not clean. And I would argue the same thing for us as Christians. You see, we go through all kinds of things in our life. Those trials, the victories, all of that stuff, those are times and opportunity where God is depositing something in your life. Where he's turning you from this clean, iodized, processed, white salt that has, it has value, but he's turning you into something more valuable, like bamboo salt. But I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to have to go through some things. He's going to have to bake some of the stuff out of you. He's going to have to press some things into you. But see, we know that God is a good God, and he doesn't have us go through anything for no reason. That everything that he's doing in and through you is for a purpose. He wants his children to be of value to the world around them. So what has he deposited in you? And are you sharing it? Because again, it does no good if God has brought you through something and you don't share it. One of the biggest deposits in my life that God has given me is that of forgiveness. Not only has he forgiven me and, and led by example by forgiving me, but several years ago after my dad died, you know, and I've shared this story before, but I went through a, a, a really hard time of unforgiveness. And it was a couple of years that I, it, it took me to get through it. And when I was finally there, it was, it was right there uh, on a worship night that we were having. 
And God called me to forgive, and I said, but wait, I'm not the one who's, who needs to be forgiven. This dude does. And when God straightened me out, it was, it was very painful. But the other thing that was even more painful was knowing that if I had just asked him what it was he was doing, that could have saved me two years. If I had was going through all of that, and I said, Lord, what are you trying to do in me in this situation? Why am I going through this? Now, God won't always tell you the why. But you can know that it's for a purpose. And so, as he's bringing you through those things, understand that he is just trying to deposit something in you. And that deposit is not necessarily for you. It's for other people. Because me learning my lesson on forgiveness, I can now talk about it. Me learning my lesson on tithing, which was a hard lesson to learn, now I can speak on it. And so I have so many deposits of God in my life that when I come into different situations, I can be what the situation needs. So are you salty? Are you doing what it is that God's called you to do in the place he's called you to do it? You see, but this message, this is for, for people who believe in Jesus. Because he was talking specifically to believers that we are salt and light. And so you may be here today and you may say, you know what? This message isn't for me because I'm not a Christian. But I'm here to tell you, today's message is for you because you are salt. You just don't know it yet. And so the question then is, have you embraced Jesus? I'm going to ask our worship team if they would come. Again, you may not feel like you're the salt that God's wanting to use. But trust me, you are. And he's looking for opportunities and places to put you. But if you say that you're not a Christian, you can fix that today. See, we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us and that, um, that he rose for our sins and so that we could have everlasting life. And so in Romans 10, verse nine and 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you find yourself either here in the house or online, and you recognize that you haven't come into relationship with Jesus, you can pray a simple prayer like this. It, the, the prayer behind me, it's, it's not magical. It's an attitude of the heart. And so if, if you haven't accepted Christ, in just a second, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Maybe you were following Jesus. Maybe you have, maybe you realize you were salty at once, but you've kind of lost that. You've walked away from God. He's not mad. He's excited that you're coming back. And so with 
heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you today, and you'd say, Pastor Angus, I need Jesus in my life. Would you just raise your hand and put it back down? I won't embarrass you. I just want to know what the needs are here in the house. So feel free to repeat this along with me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And if that was you today, today is your birthday. Happy birthday. We are so excited to celebrate with you. And if you uh, did accept Christ and make that decision today, we have a gift for you back in the back with some information that can just help you along your path. As our worship team comes, I'm going to open up the altar. I'd ask you all just to stand. This altar is open for, for generally whatever it is that you need. Maybe you're finding yourself here today in a situation that you, you didn't realize God had put you in for a reason and now you're here and you need to know what to do. Maybe you've been dealing with something for a few years and today's the day that you go, Lord, what do I need to do to make this different? Maybe you're in a situation and I would encourage you, don't waste two years going around the mountain. Ask God what he's trying to deposit in you. Learn the lesson and then use it. So I'm gonna pray and then we'll just open this altar for you to come and speak and take some time with the Lord. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this message today. God, I thank you that you are continually depositing things in my lives and the lives of my brothers and sisters. God, I ask that you would speak to us today, that as we come, Lord, you would show us how we are to be salt and light. Lord, how do we be salt in our situations? How do we be salt in our family? And with our friends. Lord, we need your guidance and we need your help. And we know that you're depositing these things for a reason. Take us to where we need to go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message. We thank you for all that you do. Lord, be with us as we go from this place pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, before you go, I just want to encourage you to take one of these or multiple of these uh, door hangers. We have them here in the back on the table. It's an opportunity for you to go and invite your neighbors. Uh, we also have some information about our upcoming fall event uh, right there on it. Let me pray a blessing over us and then we will The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.
we pray that as you go out, that you would make a difference in your world, that you would be salt and light to the people around you. And know this, that we love you very much. Go have a wonderful Sunday.